Welcome to the Frederick Democrats podcast, the official podcast of the Frederick County Democratic State Central Committee. I'm your host, Josh Kramer, and today with me is a congressional candidate for Maryland's 6th District, uh, Frederick's own Andrew Duck. Uh, so thank you, Andrew, for taking the time to come to the podcast, and welcome to that podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So this is shaping up to be quite a exciting race in Maryland's 6th Congressional District because recently uh, Congressman John Delaney has decided not to seek re-election, and to the surprise of maybe many, including myself, he decided not to run for governor, but instead is going to run for president of the United States against Donald Trump in 2020. So with that, we have an open seat, and you have thrown your hat in the ring to, uh, to, to try to take that seat and become the next congressman of Maryland's 6th Congressional District. So uh, how about we start off with you just giving us like the one minute kind of who Andrew Duck is. Sure. Uh, I was born, I'm a, long, a lifelong Maryland resident. I graduated from Middletown High School here in Frederick County. I joined the Army when I was 19. I had a sick child that was born premature, and so with one sick child and another one on the way, I needed health insurance. I, that is why, that's also why I support Medicare for All. I don't think you should have to put your life on the line in order to get health care for a sick child. That's what I did. I understand that was my choice. Uh, and it's a choice that I, I don't regret. I enjoyed the time that I spent in the military. I did 20 years. I started out as a company clerk. I uh, became a Korean linguist. Then I went to officer candidate school, became a military intelligence officer. I did three deployments to Bosnia, where I think we did the job right. And I spent time on the ground in Iraq. And that was frustrating enough that when I came back from that tour in Iraq, I submitted my retirement. I came back to Frederick County and became politically active. I live in Brunswick, Maryland. Uh, I'm married. I have three children. I have three granddaughters. Uh, and I think that it's important. I, I think that we need new representation in Congress. And I think it's important that that, con that representation be someone who actually lives in the 6th District. So, uh, and the other question I want to ask kind of about you is why you're a Democrat. I believe the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans is pretty simple. Democrats care about people while Republicans care about money. I'm someone who cares about people. And if you look at that, that gets reflected in our policies. That's why I support Medicare for All, because I care about people, whereas the Republicans right now are trying to throw millions of people off of the health care system. Uh, that's why I support the Fight for 15, because I care about having people that can uh, actually afford the housing that you have to pay to live here in Frederick County, whereas the Republicans are fighting to get tax breaks for millionaires. Uh, that's why we care about climate change. We know climate change is real, even though the Republicans are denying it. Uh, but we are the party that wants to actually do something to correct it. So let's talk about health care because, you know, President Obama had uh, signed into, into law the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. And for years, the Republicans attempted to repeal that. And now that they have control of the House, the Senate and the White House, uh, they, they have, uh, again, fortunately failed in repealing Obamacare. 
And but, you know, one of the things with Obamacare is that as great of a bill and now law as it is, there are still some issues with it. And you mentioned supporting Medicare for all. So why would Medicare for all, in your view, be stronger for Americans than the the current legislation of Obamacare? The reason is that the current legislation of Obamacare was something that we came to as a compromise. We started with what actually had originally been a Republican idea, so we started with a compromise. Many Democrats uh, believed that we needed to have single-payer, and that's what we advocated for back then. We wanted health care reform, but when we compromised, we couldn't get health care reform. Uh, we wanted health insurance reform, but we had to compromise, and we couldn't get health insurance reform. And what we got was health insurance expansion. Even with the health insurance expansion, we could not get the public option put into Obamacare. If we had had the public option, you would have resolved a lot of the problems that you're experiencing now where you actually have a number of counties across the country that won't even have anybody willing to provide insurance through the, the insurance marketplace. If we'd had a public option, we would not have that problem. However, the, an even better solution is to build on what works. We know we have Medicare. People know Medicare, they understand Medicare, and they see that Medicare is working to take care of our senior population. We need to make some improvements to Medicare as well. We need to cover vision and dental and prescription uh, as part of Medicare, but then let's apply that to everybody. Let's let everybody get the same coverage that our seniors get through Medicare. It's something that, that's a way that we, I mean, people don't understand what single payer is. One of the problems that Democrats have is we're lousy salespeople. But people know Medicare. They know the program that's taking care of their grandmother. And they know that it's working. Let's capture that, connect with something they understand, and say, let's take what's working and expand it to cover everybody. So one of the other things, moving to a, another topic, is that of climate change. You know, And that is, I would argue, the single most important issue we have to deal with and confront because, well, it's the, the fate of humanity and our ability to survive, to continue to survive on this planet. And, you know, we there are all these other issues, of course, but without addressing that one, we're not going to be able to address the other issues. Uh, so, of course, the president, Trump, believes that climate change is a hoax created by the Chinese in order to achieve a better trade balance. Um, <laughs> so so let, yeah, me, yeah. let me jump in on that. Uh, we know that climate change is real. Anybody who sees what's happening around us knows climate change is real. You look at what's happening in the Antarctic with the Larsen Sea ice shelf that is broken off within the past couple of months, you look at the continued uh, melting of our polar caps uh, and of the snow caps on various mountains around the world, we know climate change is real. I have actually been working to do something about it. Uh, for the last four years, I've served as the director of operations of a company called Avertica, which is doing research in green energy technology. We've gotten two patents on our conductive polymer technology that will be useful for advanced batteries, for supercapacitors, for solar panels. 
And that's the sort of things that we need to do. We've created 130 new materials that didn't exist four years ago that can be used for these purposes. Now, in Congress, what I would do is the first thing is to ensure that we do not cut the funding for research in alternative energy. ARPA-E is a great program. I've attended uh, five out of the last six ARPA-E conferences, and it's a great way for entrepreneurs and innovators to link, make the connections, and also understand where the government is trying to drive the research. So ARPA-E needs to be protected. We need to continue that research. We need to address carbon pollution. Uh, I don't support cap and trade because I don't think we should buy and sell pollution futures, but I do support uh, carbon tax. The other thing that we need to do is we need to recognize that we have a mess that we have made that needs to be cleaned up. We need to work for the technology that can cheaply and efficiently start drawing some of this carbon out of our atmosphere. We were responsible for 25% of the total world pollution for the last century, just with our little country. We should be willing to step up and clean up the mess that we made. That's what I believe you do. If you've made a mess, then it's your responsibility to clean it up, and we should take that responsibility. So, you know, one of the things looking at climate change and, and the criticisms of, of addressing it, you know, some on, on the more conservative side might suggest, and, and when you look at Republicans, especially under age 35, uh, polls are showing that they accept that climate change is real. Uh, some go as far as to say they think it's happening, but they're not convinced that it's man-made. And one of the things that they look at is, well, okay, but if we address climate change, then that means it's going to hurt the economy. Do you see addressing climate change as something that is going to hurt the economy? Or can, can, uh, can dealing with it help improve the economy? It, it definitely improves the economy. We need to invest in green energy jobs. Because when you put solar panels on the roof of your house, that's a job that can't be shipped overseas. Yes, we need to also start making those solar panels here in the United States of America. Uh, and there's a whole host of green energy jobs, wind energy, solar energy. These are all things that we need to invest in. And these are bringing us jobs. We have more people employed by the wind industry than we do by the coal industry. And oh, by the way, change happens. We also have, we, we no longer have woodcutters that make their living cutting wood and selling wood for people to burn in their fireplace. That got replaced with coal. Coal really didn't get eliminated by renewable energy. It got eliminated by oil and natural gas because oil and natural gas was more efficient in, term, uh, in terms of the cost of extraction. Now, we're gonna see oil and natural gas being replaced by renewables. And I want to see where ExxonMobil becomes the biggest producer of lubricants because we no longer need to use oil for energy. And you know, one of the other components to, say, coal mining, you know, President Trump talked about wanting to bring back more coal mining jobs, but the truth of the matter is automation is really taking over a lot of these, these industries. So you can, you can be more efficient, uh, but with less actual manpower. 
So I think there's another area in which, so I guess, you know, we could ask, I'd like to ask about automation because there's this talk of trying to bring back factory jobs and all this stuff, but, but how do you address automation? So first of all, when we, you brought it up in the context of the coal industry, mm -hmm. and if you travel out to Garrett County, which is a part of this district, you will see mountaintop removal projects. And I tell you, it may be more efficient, but it's horrendous to the environment, and it's, her it's horrendous to the, the livelihoods and the lives of the people who are left to deal with the mess that's left behind. So just because you can do things more efficiently doesn't mean it's a better way to do things. Second, we're going to have automation. Automation is going to occur not just in the coal industry, but throughout our society. It is happening already. You People say if we raise minimum wage and they'll just start automating all the drives th drive through encounters at McDonald's, have news for you. They're already doing it. They're not waiting for the minimum wage to go up. If they can do it more efficiently, they're going to. And they're already replacing those jobs with automation. But it's not something to be afraid of. What we need to do is we need to recognize that we need more programmers to program the computers. We need the repairmen. We need the folks who can build these robots, these other machines, and we need the people who can develop the algorithms so that we can make them even more efficient and more efficient. We can't get tied to the technology of today because tomorrow the technology of today is the technology of the past. We need to accept that technological change is going to come. We need to embrace it. We need to siphon, we need to enjoy the benefits of that increased productivity. But the key is we need to make sure everybody enjoys the benefits of that increased productivity. Right now what's happening is as our economy has improved, we've had increase, increases in productivity and all of that increased productivity is going to the top 1%. We've got the stock market at record levels, but we've got wages stagnant. Wages are equivalent to where they were in about 1960. What we need to do is change that. And we can change that in a number of ways. First of all, I support the fight for 15. We should have a gradual increase in the minimum wage, a dollar a year, until we get up to $15 nationwide. And if people are concerned about negative effects, we can put stop gaps in there. If you think it's going to cause inflation, it won't. Our biggest problem right now is deflation. Uh, if you think it's going to cause unemployment, we can put a stop gap in there. If unemployment goes over 10%, then we can, you know, wait a year. Uh, so I'm willing to be reasonable, but we need to get to the point where we are going to pay workers a living wage. And if we don't do that, that's the real harm, is if we have automation that comes in and all of the money goes to the top 1% and they don't allow the workers who have to actually deal with those machines, make those machines, fix those machines, program those machines, to share in that benefit, that's where we have a problem. So uh, with the little bit of time left, I want to talk about uh, Russia because, you know, there's been several articles that have been coming out recently, Wall Street Journal, The Atlantic, Washington Post and so forth, uh, as well as what people are seeing on national news media and Robert Mueller's investigation into uh Possible collusion between the Trump administration or the the Trump campaign and Russia. He, it's going to go into 2018. It looks like and maybe beyond. 
if it goes beyond 2018, that means uh, a prospective Congressman Duck might have to uh, deal with that issue. And so what are your thoughts on this? We need to deal with that issue. Uh, And honestly, you say a prospective Congressman Duck will, will have to deal with that issue. This is an issue I've been dealing with the Russians for my whole life. When I was 20 years old, I was sent to Germany. I spent time in West Germany when we had an East Germany. I was in Fulda, and I could look across and see East Germany. Uh, I was a Korean linguist. I've been at the DMZ. I've been up at Panmunjom. I stood 10 feet away from a North Korean soldier. Uh, I served in Bosnia in a multinational division that had a Russian brigade. In fact, I was the chief of the counterintelligence operations cell of the multinational division that had a Russian brigade. I'm the only candidate in this race that has actual experience doing counterintelligence against the Russians. We had our nation attacked. Make no mistake about it, the interference in our election falls under Russian new generation warfare information operations. It's what they did, they planned it, they executed a wonderful attack, and they had people colluding with them in the Trump campaign. And it's not a question of did they or don't they. Donald Trump can say there's no collusion, but when Paul Manafort, his campaign manager, has already admitting to, admitted to being a paid foreign agent, when the national security advisor had to be removed because he was a paid foreign agent and had accepted money from Russia, there is collusion. There's no doubt about it. And honestly, I believe it's treason. And if I am elected to Congress, I will work to vigorously prosecute anyone who collaborated with the Russians as they did this. I will also look not just for the interference in terms of the campaign, but the Russians mounted a huge information operations with operation with false news. Uh, they promoted that fake news. They paid money to boost those posts that they made to Facebook. They targeted very carefully. And if we have people who were deliberately assisting the Russians in targeting their attack on our electoral system, those people should be held accountable. And most importantly, even more than holding those people accountable, is make sure it can never happen again. I'm trained in counterintelligence. I'm not a counterintelligence agent, but I'm a military intelligence agent. And we need somebody who has that background, who will be able to apply those principles to defend democracy, both for the United States and for the rest of the world. I'm the only candidate in this race that can do that. All right. Well, uh, Andrew Duck, uh, thank you so much for taking time to do the podcast. And, and you know, one of the things I, I wanted to note, you know, uh, you and I, in a way, kind of go back. <laughs> Dude, thank you. I appreciate all the help that you've had and, in, in past campaigns. Yeah, you know, and, you, mm-hmm. and I want to say it's you and the hundreds of other people like you who have supported me in the past. When I ran against Roscoe Bartlett in 2006 and in 2010, Everybody said, there's no way you can win. Why are you doing this? I did it because it needed to be done. There are some times when you accept things you cannot change. There are other things when you have to change that which you cannot accept. 
the fact that you were out there helping me, you were knocking on doors, you were handing out literature, is part of what got us to move from a R plus 14 district to an R plus 10 district. It's what helped us get a 9% increase in Democratic registration in the 6th district. And it's the work of you and the hundreds of other people like you who have supported me in the past and who I'm counting on supporting me again that make the difference. That's what made the difference to get the 6th district turned from an R plus 10 district to a D plus 6 district that it is today. And that's what's going to make us help turn our country from a country that we have a President Trump to a country where we have a Democratic president. It's going to help us turn the state from a Governor Hogan to a Democratic governor. And it's going to help us get Congressman Duck into that office. And, you know, and I, I'm speaking for myself, but I think I'm also speaking for many people throughout Frederick. You know, you, you've always been a, a fighter willing to take on the tough fights. And, and I think that, you know, at least from what I gather, that's why you've decided to run for Congress again. Uh, absolutely. And we've got, I'm from Frederick County. Uh, graduated from high school here in Frederick County. I live in Brunswick. Uh, of the folks looking to run for this office, only two of the five Democrats actually live in the 6th District. And I appreciate my neighbors from Montgomery County coming up here to uh, try to help us out. But I think we need to be able to stand on our own two feet and we need to fight and we know how to do it. We know how to do it better than they do. The, I hate to say it, but people from Montgomery County have had it easy. This is not going to be an easy race to win in the general election. And when you have somebody that's never faced a real opponent because they've lived in a blue district, in a blue county, in a blue state, uh, they're going to be at a disadvantage when we come up against a strong Republican attack. I'm used to a strong Republican attack. I fought that strong Republican attack. And with the change in the district that we have now, the change in the landscape, we're going to win against a strong Republican attack because I know how to fight. All right. Well, Andrew, thanks so much uh, for everybody listening. The music for this podcast uh, was composed and performed by David Fitzwater. Until next time, Frederick, see you then. Bye.